Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from Genesis chapter 9 about Noah's son, Japheth, who expanded out the furthest to the uttermost parts of the world. And we'll learn what will be the final state of the world as represented in the son of Noah, Japheth. Now, this message is available for free listening and free download at friendshipwithgod.org and also on iTunes.com. Just search for the Friendship with God podcast. Now, it's Tuesday, and we're already one day into the Summer Blitz. It's a campaign that goes to August 4th to reach lost Jewish people. We're sending out 110 missionaries from Israel Restoration Ministries, and Tom Cantor is the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher here on Friendship with God, and he's a born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ as a Jewish person who got saved and received as Jewish Messiah. He wants others to be saved and reached, so he's sending out on DVD his life story and conversion testimony, as well as a combination book that incorporates three of his writings— his personal testimony, and his Frequently Asked Questions book with 34 of the top Frequently Asked Questions by Jewish people, and Prophecy and Fulfillment book with 194 Prophecy and Fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ as his Jewish Messiah. Now, you can have these same materials and support Jewish evangelism with a donation of $40 or more, and we'll send you a copy of these materials. You can help reach the Jew first with the gospel. Call us now at 800 247 3051 800 247 or go to friendshipwithgod.org to support this Bible teaching radio program or israelrestoration.org. Now here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, on Friendship with God. As a matter of fact, uh, John is with Bashiri right now, and and he's actually spending the night right now in in the lodge where we were in the middle of the Serengeti, and it's just surrounded by animals. In fact, John just texted me this morning. He said he saw three lions, three cheetahs, no, three lions, three leopards, and two cheetahs. You know, anyway, but this is a very, very animal, lots of animals there. So, and so we stay in this lodge, and there's lots of baboons around this lodge, and one of them came into my room. And when I opened the door, because I left the window open, and he was there in my room, just me and him together. And so we had a little stare-down contest until <laughs> I finally convinced him that he should leave. And he left, and he went into John's room and stole John's shirt. <laughs> but anyway, Bashiri told us something very, very moving at that lodge where they are right now. And he told us that when you walk from your room to the dining hall, the little walkways, in the evening, he said, do not make a lot of noise, and do whatever you do, do not run. He says, because you don't see it, but you're being watched by animals. And then he told us what happened. He said there was a family that he had brought there from France, and they had little kids. And he went through the same thing. He explained to the kids, you know, don't run, don't yell when you go to the dining hall in the evening. But this one little boy, this one little French boy, he got so excited just being there, and he started to yell, and he started to run, and a leopard had been watching him. And when he did that, the leopard jumped out and grabbed him, and he screamed, and the leopard ran off, and Bashiri jumped into the land cruiser, and honking his horn, and driving all over everything, you know. And finally, the leopard was frightened, and he let go of the boy. And so Bashiri put him in the front seat and drove him back, and, but the leopard grabbed his jugular vein, so he bled out and died on the, on the seat. So when Bashiri told us that, you know, I was just thinking about it a lot, especially when I was walking on the pathway there. <laughs> so I was looking around, you know. But I told Bashiri how, you know, the leopard is like the devil. And the, the Bible says that the devil watches us. 
and he seeks, seeks, seeing who can, he can devour. And that if you're not in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're no match. You're like the boy, and you're helpless. So on our last day together, we were on our way to the airport. It was dark, and Bashiri stopped the, the Land Cruiser to check out something. And so, you know, he was in the back of the car, so I slipped out of the car, and, and we were there alone, standing in the back of the car. And I asked him, you know, do you want to become a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? And he said he did. And so he received him there. And then when we got back in the car, I told John what happened. And so John says to Bashiri, that's great, Bashiri. What made you do that? That's what John asked. And Bashiri said, well, I could see for these last five days that Tom really cares about me. That's what he said. Well, I do. And I did care about Bashiri. But more than caring about Bashiri... I really wanted to be a friend to the Lord Jesus Christ and to say, look what I found. Here's what you lost. Here, you got, your, you got the soul back. And so way down there in Tanzania, that's where the Lord had lost a soul. And that was Bashiri. Now, John 10, 16 also says, And other sheep I have which are not of this fold. Then he says, Them also I must bring. Those words are so vital for us. Them also, them also. If we just keep that in our mind. Whenever I think of Bashiri, I think of them, him also, them also. In our compound in Ethiopia where we have 30 women who came to us as Muslims, but one by one they came to the Lord Jesus Christ. And every morning before work, their supervisor Abraham teaches them the Bible. So they've come to the Lord. Them also is the key there. Them also. Then he says, I must bring. You know, notice how he says that. I must bring. Them also I must bring. He didn't say, them also I want to bring. He didn't say, that, he didn't say them also I need to bring. He said, them also I must bring. The desire is so strong here when he uses the word must for the Lord to bring them. He says, and must really expresses the priority of life. You know, a person's life can really, my life, your life, our lives, really can be summarized by just filling in the blank of I must blank. What is it? The question is not what's on our to-do list. The question is what is on our must-do list. You know, there's only four times, essentially, that the Lord Jesus Christ said he must do something. The first one was when he expressed just an overarching principle to do what he was sent here to do. That's the concept of the Messiah. The Messiah meaning sent one. He was sent here. So he, said, he expressed that must in Luke 2.49 when just a boy of 12. He said, how is it that you sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my father's business? He also said really the same thing in John 9.4 when he said, I must work the works of him that sent me. But then the second time he expressed about must is in Luke 4.43 when he said unto them, I must preach the gospel of God to the other cities also. Therefore am I sent. Same idea. So he must do the works. He must preach. And then the third time is really our part here, which is for the non-Jewish sheep when he says in John 10.16, which we've been studying, and other sheep I have which are not of this fold, them also I must bring as a non-Jewish sheep. The Jewish sheep really can be summarized when his discussion about when he said to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, who he called the son of Abraham, and he said, Zacchaeus, in Luke 19.5, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide in that ho at thy house. 
All outside, all those outside of the Lord Jesus Christ are in a state of unbelief, and therefore they're all targets for God's interest to have mercy on them and save them. Isn't it interesting that the shepherd tells his friends and his neighbors when he comes home, and he says, rejoice with me, and then he says, I have found my sheep. I found my sheep, which was lost. That was his sheep that was lost, and he found his own sheep. Then he says, I must bring. You know, notice how he says that. I must bring. Them also I must bring. He didn't say, them also I want to bring. He didn't say, say, them also I need to bring. He said, them also I must bring. And then the last uh, reference he made to must is uh, in Matthew 16, 21, where he says, from that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders, chief priests, and scribes, and be killed and be raised the third day. So that last must is to suffer, to be killed, and to be raised. And really, if you look at all of those, there's really one item on the Lord's must-do list, and it was to do what the Father sent him to do, which was to preach the gospel, to bring the lost, and to suffer, to be killed, and to rise again. Then he says, they shall hear my voice. Now, notice how he said, they shall hear my voice. There's a definiteness, again, to this statement. They shall hear my voice. That means that they'll recognize his voice. They'll say, oh, that's the voice. That's the voice I've been looking for. We'll return with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God in just a moment. We'd like to encourage you to be a part of Jewish evangelism and reaching lost Jewish people around this nation with the Summer Blitz that Tom Cantor, the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, is supporting with 110 missionaries going out to 14 Jewish cities in the U.S. and Canada. Now, that started this week, and we'd like you to support us financially to help get the gospel out to the Jewish people. To encourage you, we are offering Tom Cantor's life story on DVD as well as a combination book of his personal testimony, frequently asked questions that are asked by Jewish people, and 194 prophecy and fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of this information in one book will give you both of these resources and materials for a donation of $40 or more, which will support this Bible teaching radio program and the gospel going to Jewish people. Call us now at 800-247-3051-800-247-3051. Why will they hear his voice? Why are they going to hear his voice? Is they going to hear his voice because, because everybody's taking the evangelism explosion classes, you know? Or they're taking all these missionary techniques. Why are they going to hear the voice? No, they're going to hear his voice because inside their heart of hearts, they are, un, you can't even see it, sometimes you can, but most of the times you can't. They are asking for God with the spirit that they must have God. And he promised in Luke eleven nineteen, ask and it shall be given you. They will hear his voice because they're seeking for God. And they promised, seek and you shall find. They're knocking on God's door. And he said, knock and it shall be opened unto you. They're crying out to God. And he promised in Psalm twenty two twenty four. 24, he said, he hath not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted, neither hath he hid his face from him, but when he cried unto him, he heard. See? That's what, so the great big giant hole in the heart is just killing them, 
and they must find God. They're in a situation where they must find God. And so when God speaks through His Word, and God speaks through the preaching, then they hear the voice. They hear the voice. They hear God behind the words. And that's the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ, and their prayer is answered for God. And then it says in John 10, 16, there shall be one fold. That is a, like an edict. There shall be one fold and one shepherd. This statement, there shall be one fold, that's the answer to denominationalism that separates believers. There shall be one fold. The statement, there shall be one fold, is the answer to all the books that have been written with the titles of why I am a Baptist, or why I am a Catholic, or why I am a Presbyterian, or why I am a Messianic. God's answers to all those books are, there shall be one fold. There shall be one fold, not many folds, not a Baptist fold, not a Catholic fold, not a Presbyterian fold, not a Messianic fold, but there shall be one fold. And since there shall be one fold, there should only be one book. And that book should be why I am a Christian. <laughs> that should be the book. And so in Paul's day, he had a little bit, he didn't have so many denominations. He had two denominations to deal with. Paul, he had the denomination of the Gentile believers and he had the denomination of the Jewish believers and he addressed this issue in Ephesians 3.6 when he says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of the promise in Christ by the gospel. Now, what does God want Japheth to do? All right, so uh, there's the question. What does God want Japheth to do. Now, after Paul, if you like to turn to Acts 17, 26, and I'll just explain as you're turning. After Paul saw the vision that we talked about of the man from Macedonia asking him, sort of representing Japheth, to come over and help them, Paul went over, crossed the water, and he went over, and he went over to northern Greece and then came down, and he uh, finds himself now in, in Athens, and he's standing there in the middle of town on Mars Hill, and he makes this statement to all those Athenians there. And he sums up in this statement, Japheth, and what God wants Japheth to do. So it says there, Acts 17, 26. God has made all men one blood, all nations of men, for to dwell on all the face of the earth, and hath determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation, that they should seek the Lord, if happily they might feel after him and find him, though he be not far from every one of us. So, number one, God wants us and them to see Japheth and ourselves as all one blood. All one blood. He, God does not see different races of people. He sees only one race, the race of man. Because God has made all men one blood of all nations of men. Prejudice is a death nail of evangelism. You know, we have one common ancestor. His name is Adam. So, as a matter of fact, some have actually tried here in, in Genesis 9, the passage that we're in, to say that because what Ham did to Noah, that Ham was cursed. And since the black people descend from Ham, they've said that all the black people are cursed. But God did not curse Ham. You look at it. Ham had four sons. He had the sons. Cush, Mitzrayim, Phut, and Canaan. And Noah only cursed one son of Ham. That was Canaan. And later, Joshua destroyed them when they entered the land. All right, now, number two, God wants Japheth to seek the Lord. Verse 27, they should seek the Lord. And that's our role, is to encourage them, to persuade them 
and tell them who the Lord is. He's a good God. He's a protecting God. He's an inviting God. He's a caring God. He'll take good care of you forever. That's, that's a persuasion. And number three, God wants Japheth to find the Lord, verse 27, and find him. That's what he wants. Now, that's Japheth's current state. That's how God sees him. That's how we should see Japheth. And that's what God wants for Japheth. But now we'll go to the next level and say, what is Japheth's final state? What is his final state? Now, what will be the final state of Japheth? Well, Genesis 9.27 has two prophecies. The first one is, God shall enlarge Japheth. And it says in Genesis 9.27. And then it says, and he shall dwell in the tents of Shem. Now the question on the table is, why is Japheth going to dwell in the tents of Shem? Right? Why doesn't Japheth dwell in his own tents? You know, what's, what's wrong with his own tents, you know? <laughs> what's there about Shem's tents that Japheth wants to dwell in Shem's tents? Sounds like conflict, doesn't it? You know, stay in your own tent, Japheth. No, no. Says he's going to do, okay. Now, to see the answer to this, please turn to Zechariah 8, verse 20. And this answers the, the question of why Japheth is going to dwell in the tents of Shem. And why he wants to dwell in the tents of Shem. And this is how we are. Okay, Zechariah 8.20 gives us this answer, which touches on the future state of Japheth, and says this. Zechariah 8.20. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, it shall yet come to pass that there shall come people and the inhabitants of many cities. And the inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, let us go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I will go also. Verse 22. Yea, many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, In those days it shall come to pass that ten men shall take hold out of all languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that is a Jew, saying, We will go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. This is the final state of Japheth. And it shall yet come to pass. It starts off that way. Our verses start off that way. It shall yet come to pass. Final state of Japheth. In these verses, we have a description of Japheth. He's called in verse 20, people. Actually, literally, it's not people. It's peoples. The King James has his people, but it's peoples. Verse 20, it says he is the inhabitant of many cities. The inhabitants of many cities. Verse 22 he is many peoples. Again, it's, it's really plural. Many peoples. Verse 22, he is strong nations. Verse 23, he is, the, he is the people out of all languages of the nations. So again, the question on the table, why doesn't he just stay where he is? Why doesn't he stay in his own tent? And why does he want to go live in Shem's tents? Well, what's, what's described here is a frenzy. There's a frenzy that's starting here. And it's like a whirlwind, a whirlwind of hope. It's like the California gold rush. You know, and, and it's described in verse 21. It says the, this is this frenzy. You can feel it. So the inhabitants of one city shall go to another saying, let's go speedily to pray before the Lord and to seek the Lord. And somebody says, I'll go also. And so in verse 22, it says, many people and strong nations shall come and seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to pray before the Lord. Verse 23, it speaks about ten men shall take hold of out of all nations, of the languages of the nations, even shall take hold of the skirt of him that's the Jew. That word, take hold, is a very strong word. The Chazak, it's, it's used twice in this verse. Take hold, take hold, a very strong word. In Psalm 35, 2, that word is described how you hold a shield. You don't hold the shield lightly. It's not a good thing 
beginning to drop your shield. So that's the word that's used there. That word was described, that word describes in 1 Kings 2.18 how Joab held on to the horn of the altar for his very life. That's the word. You know, how do you think of the word chazak? How do you think of the word take hold here? Think moray eel. <laughs> okay? <laughs> Latch and hold tightly. So what is all this about? Well, what is being described here is when the Jewish people come to the Lord Jesus Christ, they call on his name. They call him by his name. They don't just say God or Elohim. They call him by his name, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's described, if you like to look at that, a couple chapters over in Zechariah 13.9, where it says, Then shall they call on my name. See, it's a very special name. The Lord Jesus Christ is a very special name. That's the very special name that's referred to in Zechariah 13.9. When it's this great event happens, when the Jewish people says, they shall call on my name. And they shall say, what are they going to say when they call on his name? The Lord is our God. In other words, they're going to say to the Lord Jesus Christ, you are our God. That's what they're going to say. And the Lord responds back to them, and he says to the Jewish people, it is my people. It is my people. So this is such a big event, boy, I'll say, that news just spreads like wildfire all over the world to all of Japheth. All over the world, the frenzy starts, because Japheth is sitting there all over in their place of the world, and they're saying, independent of all this, they're saying, we must have God. We must have the Lord Jesus Christ. We must seek the Lord Jesus Christ. We must pray before the Lord Jesus Christ. How are we going to do that? That We've just heard that the Jewish people are the people of the Lord Jesus Christ. He just called them my people. The Lord Jesus Christ is with the Jewish people. They're all going to come to this conclusion. And so they say to themselves, we have to go find a Jew. And when we do, we're going to do the Moray-Eel routine on him. And we're going to go, going to latch on, and we're going to say, we're going with you. We've heard that God is with you. So the Jew, in verse 23 here, he doesn't know what hit him. (laughs) One minute he's walking along, he's minding his own business. The next minute he has ten men speaking all the languages of the nations, (laughs) latching onto his clothes and, and saying all at the same time in ten different languages, maybe more, that they're all saying, we'll go with you. We've heard that God's with you. So the Jewish person then, he tries to explain that he's really a novice at this as, as well. He's new to the faith, <laughs> the Lord Jesus Christ. And the ten men say, don't tell me that. <laughs> That's what they say. This isn't in the Bible. Anyway, <laughs> and the Jewish person, then he changes the story. And he says, well, yes, you know, actually, my people do have a long history with the Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> he says, I'm an expert. You came to the right place. It's very funny. I think that's very funny. All right, so those men of Japheth, they don't just take hold of the clothing of that Jew. They do what I did to my friend Avi in Jerusalem when I wanted to spend a few days with Avi. So I called him up and I said, Avi, I'm coming to Jerusalem to visit you. And Avi said, Tom, that's wonderful. Where are you going to stay? And I said, at your house. I'm just waiting for you to invite me. (laughs) Which he did. (laughs) So that's kind of the routine here with these ten men. And I don't know if these men of Japheth waited even for the Jewish people to invite them to come into their homes. They just moved in. See? He shall dwell in the tents of Shem. Genesis 9.27. They move into the houses of the Jewish people. Why? They can't get enough of the Lord Jesus Christ. They know that the Jewish people have become 
because the Lord Jesus Christ has made them wells of water springing up and they're giving out the Lord Jesus Christ into everlasting life. This is what he told the woman at the well in John 4. Well, that's where we're going to end this morning. We'll continue next week in finding out more about what happened with man. Father, we thank you so much for what a great God you are. We thank you, Lord, for the term that describes you, and we love it, the God of all hope. And so, Lord, we, we pray that you would give to us, Lord, the, the heart and the vision and the care that you have for the lost to come to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Another great day of Bible teaching here on Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Now, as we've been mentioning all week long, the Summer Blitz Jewish Evangelism Campaign is continuing throughout the U.S. and Canada in 14 major Jewish cities as we sent out 110 Israel Restoration Ministries missionaries into Jewish cities with gospel information. Tom Cantor's testimony on DVD, as well as a combination book of his written personal testimony, frequently asked questions by Jewish people, and prophecy and fulfillments of the Jewish Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ. We take these materials with these 110 missionaries, and we go to 700,000 doors in Jewish communities where Jewish people live and need the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Tom Cantor is a Jewish born-again believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, and as the president and founder of Israel Restoration Ministries, wants to reach these Jewish people through this Summer Blitz Jewish Evangelism Outreach Campaign. Will you support the gospel going to the Jew first, as commanded in Romans 16? For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first. And you can be a part of going to the Jew first with the Summer Blitz Jewish Evangelism Campaign. Let's reach lost Jewish people before it's too late for them. 800 247 3051 800-247-3051. or for more information, go to israelrestoration.org.